everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle. And I am here today with Alan West. Hi, Alan. Hey, Nancy. How are you doing? Very well. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, hey, so, you know, on iTunes, you can you can rate podcasts and write reviews and stuff like that. I have heard that you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, a really nice thing that people sometimes rate other podcasts because it, it helps the podcasts grow and get bigger and more people can hear them. It would be a sweet gesture. Right? Yeah, for sure. So this is my this is my way of, of, <laughs> of asking you nice listeners to please go on iTunes and give us a give us a rating. A good rating. A good rating. Right. Not just any rating. If you like it. Well, if they like it. Yeah, you right. wouldn't be here if you didn't right. like it, right? I hate this. You, who hate listens looped in? <laughs> oh, another oh, episode. No. I hope no one. Click. But um, okay, so yeah, we'd be grateful, guys. So um, anyway, let's let's get on to the show. Today we are talking with one of our colleagues, Molly Glenser, who is an arts writer for the Houston Chronicle, and she just had a pretty interesting experience with a story that she did and I'm just going to I'm just going to say this this podcast is going to be about a room <laughs> a room that's a real estate story a room Molly can you tell us about I'll the I'll say it's not just any room not just any room <laughs> not just any room We're talking about the um 300 year old period room that has been the ballroom of La Colombe d'Or Hotel uh, for about 20 years. The hotel has been there about 36 years. Uh, before that, it was the historic Fondren home, and I understand that Mrs. Fondren held on to it until she died, and she was 101 when she died. Wow. So Steve Zimmerman bought the property, made it the hotel, and knew that he needed, at some point, knew he needed a ballroom. He was sort of famous for uh, having these uh lunches and dinners at the hotel that where the price was based on the cost of a barrel of oil. <laughs> but obviously, you know, the, the, it was a luxury hotel in the middle of Montrose, really, you know, a little bit out of place even 30 years ago. Yeah. It's right uh, on Montrose Boulevard, it right? It's on Montrose Boulevard. I think it's 3410. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Near, it's at Herald. So, oh, you know, south of West Ham. And yeah. if you've driven by there any time in the last two years, uh, you've probably noticed that there is a high-rise apartment building called the Hanover Montrose, mm-hmm. where uh, the building that held Cody's used to be. So that original building was maybe 10 or 11 stories. I don't mm-hmm. remember. I went up to Cody's a million times when I well, was young. Um, I, I actually worked at Cody's. Did you? <laughs> what is what? <laughs> they were sort of legendary. I, mean, I, I worked know, there. Kirk for... Whalum played there. Oh, I worked there for a month or two. I was um, I was a cocktail waitress when I was like, um, I don't even know if I was of drinking age. And it was me and a bunch of kind of career waitresses. And I think I've told this story on Looped In before. But uh, yeah, I, I always got the worst stations and people would order drinks and I wouldn't know what they were talking about. And so I'd, I'd say, let me check and see if we have that. And it was like, a you know, 
a Stoli vodka or something. <laughs> but didn't you love that patio, that outdoor patio? Oh my gosh. Patio? It, that yes. was really the draw, right? Yes. Besides the music. Yes, the view, the views. It had incredible views up on So the... Cody's predated Scott Gert- Gettner, Gertner's Sky Yes, Black right. Sky yeah, bar. that yes. was before. Okay. Yes, back okay. in the 80s, Sky maybe bar. before Sky that. Bar. Sky Lab. Sky Lab. <laughs> but it was a flat. I would take guests there from out of town just to give them the view, mm-hmm. you know, because you could see downtown and you could sort of see across, as I recall, like to the west. And, yeah. you know, now, so now uh, that building is gone, of course, and the Hanover Montrose is there. It's 29 stories. So um, La Column d'Or looks more out of place than ever. Mm hmm. And um, hmm. this room that held the ballroom, which really has kept La Column d'Or in business when when oil prices were low and that that dollar barrel lunch yeah. couldn't couldn't maintain couldn't allow uh, Steve Zimmerman to keep the hotel afloat. Certainly, the ballroom did. Uh-huh. It's had weddings and big parties there, and it's sort of a legendary room. But the room itself has an amazing story, and that's really what ended up attracting it. This the editors to the story. Mm -hmm. And the reason we're hearing about it is that uh, the ballroom, the the building that Zimmerman built to hold the ballroom is going away because uh, Heinz has uh, stepped in and is partnering with the Zimmerman family to build a 34-story residential tower that's going to be called the Residences at La Column d'Or. Right in place of the ballroom, right? in the place of the ballroom. So if you've ever been into that ballroom, it's actually a really ugly building. And it's in, you know, sort of a, it's not a decrepit parking mm-hmm. lot, but it's just an mm-hmm. ugly parking lot. Um, and that building will go away. So the new tower will rise there and it will be connected with a courtyard and gardens to the hotel. So, but in the meantime, since the ballroom is going away, the question is, what do we do with this period room? And the period, this particular room came to Houston sometime in the 1960s because the oil man John Meekham bought it as essentially a monumental antique. Mm. He was working with a French antiques dealer, and he Meekham was actually one of the biggest uh, French antiques collectors in the United States. Mm. He had huge, and he liked things big, so he actually had to buy a blimp hanger in Hitchcock, Texas, to store all these big antiques, <laughs> where a lot of them just sat, like a metro station from Paris and Marie Antoinette's bathroom. Oh, wow. So a lot of things. So, But the, but the ballroom came over, crated, and in many, many pieces, um, along with some chandeliers and the rest of the accoutrements of the room, as, an, as a 300-year-old antique. And uh, when Steve Zimmerman saw it, it had been painted gray because uh, the last person who had owned it, who was um, a countess, and she is actually uh, one of the inspirations for one of the characters in Marcel Proust's uh, Remembrance of Things Past. So a very colorful person had owned this at one time, but she had painted it gray. Sorry to interrupt you, but um, gray is in again. Is it not? Gray is in again. And if you go to the antique shows at Round Top for the last five or 10 years, everything is that French gris, as they call it. Oh, you know, beautiful okay. gray. Mm. <laughs> yes. And every nice new kitchen I see in some new house has got the gray paneling and the gray painted cabinets. Mm. And I really kind of like it. So yeah, gray it. is the yeah. new white. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so sorry to interrupt. But. No, no, great. So at any rate, you know, this... 
when Zimmerman buys this this period room, uh, he has to spend two years and about $2 million renovating it and mm-hmm. uh, worked with um, someone who had actually been a, a, a wood worker who had worked with the Meekums as well. And uh, this person sort of stripped it down to the original uh, English oak, stripped it down, and at great expense reinstalled it. Into this ballroom. That Into has, the ballroom. It's become this place over the last two decades, I guess, for... Weddings and parties and Yeah. And you know events. when you walk into that room that it's something really special? Mm-hmm. I hadn't been in it in a long time, and I walked in last week to do the story, and we and Marie de Jesus and I, the photographer, were basically alone in there, and it was just sort of gobsmackingly beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, with the chandeliers yeah. on, and um, it's, it's a lovely place. And mm-hmm. the really fascinating thing as we started looking into it was that we learned through Gary Tintero, the Museum of Fine Arts director, that these period rooms um, actually really were meant to be moved around. Um, starting this particular one was 300 years old. So it was originally built for French royalty sometime in the 1730s. And no one knows exactly who. Uh, the, the story is that the records were destroyed by John Meekham when he shipped it to the United States because he didn't want to have to pay duties on it. So he just tore up the records and labeled it bric-a-brac. Wow. This and that. This and that. (laughs) (laughs) Junk. French junk. Right. Huh. Loophole. Right. (laughs) Um, So what are they going to do with the room? They don't know yet, but very interestingly, this morning I had an email from someone I can't say yet what might happen, but uh, an academic person contacted me and said they would be very interested in having it. So wow. we'll have to follow up later if, if it finds a home. If not, it'll just go into storage. Um, Steve Zimmerman's hired people to uh, dismantle it very carefully and catalog it. Okay. Huh, so it's just had its useful life, and who knows where it will head now. Yeah, I mean, who knows, how the, who knows how the countess got it? Yeah. You know, in the, so the countess had it, and pa- she, the one who painted it gray bought it in 1891. Mm-hmm. But by that point, it was already, you know, almost 200 years old. Hmm. So I'm not sure where it was in the interim, somewhere. Mm-hmm. That would be a great idea for a movie. Or even like a children's book. If these walls could talk. Something like that. <laughs> these walls are made for walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like something about the room, room that yeah. that goes from, you know, one country to another to another. And maybe like a piece gets split, splintered off at one point. It has and to find its way back. To the room. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Like Toy Story for rooms. Yeah, it appears inside the blimp hanger. Is this where yeah. it belongs? But, you know, these rooms were made to travel. Hmm. That was historically um, what they were intended as decoration for castles in France uh, in the 18th century, but uh, actually had uh, started to be made during the Renaissance to replace tapestries, which are sort of an original room divider. And um, they these walls traveled and were sometimes given as gifts from one royal family to another. So they traveled across the continent of Europe 
frequently before Americans started buying them in the 19th century, sort of wealthy industrialists like uh, the the kings of, you know, Newport, the Newport, big Newport mansions, or William Randolph Hearst with mm-hmm. uh, San Simeon, his castle in California. Um, those, those places all contained these rooms that were brought over as antiques. Hmm. And now it's getting Montrosed. Yes. Yes. Pave paradise and put up a high rise. Luxury high rise. <laughs> Not just any high rise. High yeah. Rise. So what's the what's the timing on this high rise? Um, they expect to have it open by 2020. I don't know what month in 2020, but um, the uh, the project includes a 10 million dollar renovation of the hotel and an upgrade of its restaurant, which is currently called Sank, as in five. And the new building, the bottom two floors of the new building will actually be additional hotel spaces, hotel rooms, uh, very sort of sensitively designed, you know, with the idea that, you know, it's adjacent to the hotel. um, And then the rest of it will be apartments. Yeah. As you said, luxury apartments. Luxury, high end. And this is Heinz's Third, I think, third luxury high-rise apartment building in Houston, right? Downtown, Museum District, yeah, and now the Southmore, Montrose. The Harris Market Square, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now this. Yeah. yeah. And there are more coming. From Heinz? Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Any idea where? <laughs> yeah, but I can't say. Oh. <laughs> I can't, well, you'll know before <laughs> I will. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, um, the Hanover high-rise is right next door. So exactly. how's that going to affect the views? <laughs> you know, Heinz actually situated their building at the back of the lot. Mm-hmm. I think their concern was more about blocking views of people in the Hanover than because I think that if you're in the the residences at La Column Door building, you're going to have views sort of unobstructed, certainly to the east, mm-hmm. which looks over the hotel. Um, I'd say its its blind side is you know the the north side where, uh, but it actually is situated farther back onto the lot. The Hanover fronts Montrose, and the residence's front door will be on Yoakum, the okay. corner of Yoakum and Harold, which doesn't please everyone because that's really sort of inserting um, a high rise kind of into the neighborhood a little that's bit. That's right. Some Could people think it really thing, should yeah. be have been on Montrose. Of course, the alternative would have been to tear down the hotel. Or, well, that's one alternative. Yeah, you could have <laughs> chosen a different property. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see what Montrose is going to look like in 20 or 30 years because there are lots of other proposals for denser developments along, along that street, as you know, some people would argue there should be. Yeah, and then we'll get light rail. On on Montrose. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the interesting thing is, and as we were talking to um, Kevin Batchelor with Hines about this story, he said that Montrose and the Boulevard in particular has something called a a walk score of 92. And he said in the real estate world, walk score is everything. Oh, people love walk score. Yes. And, you know, that takes into account everything that you could conceivably walk to. But I think conceivably is a really important word because (laughs) I have a friend who lives in the Museum Towers and I went to visit her two or three weeks ago. (laughs) Hypothetically walked to. We walked to Cam's restaurant from the Museum Towers. Now, that 
that is really a very, it's two blocks. But Mm -hmm. you cross Montrose Boulevard, which is sort of taking your life in your hands. Mm -hmm. We walked across the bridge at the, you know, which thankfully have their beautiful lights back on. (laughs) But, you know, so we traversed a freeway and a major thoroughfare. So I have to say, Conceivably walkable, yes, but we need some planning and some kind of organization to step in and make sure that it really is walkable yeah. and bikeable for the people who are going to live there. That's yeah. true. That's true. Good point. All right. Well, on that note, any other questions, Alan? No, let's end with walkability and bikeability. <laughs> hey. Your favorite topic. Huzzah. All right, Molly, thank you so, so much. What a great story. And there's some really cool pictures as well on the website. So I will put that in the show notes. And Alan, thanks for helping me co-host. That's great. Always. Listeners, thanks for your ears. Um, Until next time, please subscribe to Looped In on Apple Podcasts, where you can write a review or rate us, Stitcher or wherever you listen. And if you like the show, please, please let us know. You can check out more about our podcast and others at HoustonChronicle.com slash podcasts. And if you have an idea for a show or just want to say hi, you can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We are at Ansarnoff and at Alan West. Thanks, everyone. 